Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Circling the Basics. If you're downloading this in podcast form, and welcome to the MLB leadoff waiver wire Q&A for those of you who are joining us live. I'm your host, Chris Crawford, and I am joined today by my friend slash colleague, Ryan Boyer. Ryan, how's it going today? It's going good. I appreciate the friend coming before colleague. That makes me feel good. Well, I, I, I debated it, flipped a coin, and uh, that's where we landed on. Um, right. Thank you to everybody who is joining us live. Ask away, questions away. We are here to answer your prospect questions, your trade this guy for that guy questions, whatever type of fantasy questions that you have, ask them. We will be do our very best to get to all of them. Really appreciate everybody again who is joining us live. Let's talk briefly about this game. Uh, Yankees win in extras five to four in a game that was, I think the scoring may be a little uh doesn't quite tell the story of how good the pitching was in this game. I've asked everybody this question, Ryan, and I'm going to ask you this as well. These morning games outside of one game that featured your favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals, have been low-scoring affairs for the most part, and a few of them have gone to extras and, again, made the score not look what it is. Are you considering the fact that these games are being played so early in the morning relative to compared to where they normally play? In your streaming considerations, if there's a starting pitcher that is, you know, on the fringe for you, is this something you have to consider? Huh. You know what? I actually hadn't given that consideration before, but and I didn't realize that they were had all been so low scoring. That I believe that game that the card that was the game that Yadier Molina ended up pitching in. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and that could uh, change some. They, they had a huge, huge lead and not a not a huge deficit, but right. That's you know that's interesting. You would think. Um, the early start, if anybody's going to have an advantage because of that the early start time, it would be the pitchers. Right. What I've, I feel like I have found myself a little bit thinking about kind of the, the NFL, uh, part of scheduling where you kind of, when a West coast team is playing on the East coast, an early game that kind of, uh, Gives the gives the edge to the East Coast team. Maybe if like the Giants, I think played on the early game a couple weeks ago, maybe right. And like if they they have to get up way earlier than they're used to, that probably puts them in a little bit of a disadvantage. I don't think it makes a huge difference ultimately, but obviously the numbers are what they are. 
Most sure. of the games have been low scoring. Mm-hmm. The one that wasn't was uh, the Cardinals got to face the Pirates pitching. So yeah, that always helps. Yes, it does. Um, you know, George talked about this last week about how baseball players are just creatures of habit. So I do think there is something to it. Now, is it like, am I going to go out of my way to stream somebody like, you know, Robel Garcia? Probably not. But if I'm like debating between the two and I've got one guy who's starting a four o'clock Eastern game and one guy who's starting an 1130 a.m. Eastern time game, I might be considering that as the tiebreaker just a little bit. Jordan Montgomery has become, I think, someone who isn't really a streamer anymore and someone who's kind of becoming a set it and forget it starter. Six and a third innings today, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Is this the Jordan Montgomery we're going to see for the rest of the year? Uh, or is there going to be, we have seen these flashes of brilliance before and either been let down by injury or some inconsistent results. Just how much do you believe in Jordan Montgomery for the rest of the year, Ryan? I don't know if we're going to see it at this level. By the way, he finally got his first win, his last start, which is, I believe the Yankees got passed by the Mets, maybe for the most wins a couple few days ago. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, Montgomery having like an ERA right around three and finally getting his worst, his first win is just kind of a kind of crazy. But as the offense slowly kind of creeps up as it has been, as the weather gets a little warmer, I think he's probably he has the kind of stuff where he has to be pretty fine with his command. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's not, especially playing in that stadium, he's going to have some starts where he's going to the ERA is going to balloon a little bit. I still think that's probably going to be the case, but. For the most part, he's. I think he still will be a kind of a set it and forget it type starter, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe on the if he's had like a couple bad starts in a row and goes up against the Blue Jays, that might be a, a spot where I might sit him. But I, I think he'll definitely retain mixed league value rest of the season. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Just looking at his baseball savant page, ninety first percentile in chase rate, which is really impressive for somebody who's also in the ninety second percentile in walk percentage. So he's not only throwing a ton of strikes, the pitches that are going outside of the strike zone, he's getting hitters to chase at those pitches. We'll point out he's in the 26th percentile and expected batting average, which isn't a huge surprise for somebody, you know, he's in the low nineties with his fastball. Got to be honest, Ryan, I'm still not used to that being low nineties being such a weakness, <laughs> but you know, 74th percentile and with percentage 72nd percentile and barrel percentage. I like Montgomery. Now, I will say this, and I'll ask if you agree with me here. You take a look at his ERA, which I believe is now 3.02 on the season, and he's playing for a really good baseball team. Would this be a guy you'd be looking to sell high on? If pressed, asked if I'm going to sell sell or uh, hold, I, I'm sure. leaning more towards hold. But I think you could certainly – make sense to shop around, throw some feelers out there, see what kind of – what kind of offers you could get? I don't right. know that. It obviously, depends from league to league, but I don't know that your uh, fellow fantasy managers in your league are going to be totally duped into thinking that <laughs> Jordan Montgomery is some elite pitcher like Nestor Cortez. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, I think he's, yeah, I, I think it makes sense to to throw some feelers out there for trades, but yeah. you know, I, I think most people believe that he's probably going to be a you know, a good mixed league option that's not at the level he's been at thus far. No, I would just say that if he, if you are somebody who is deep in pitching, 
it is a okay to move Jordan Montgomery. All due respect to him, he has pitched well, and he is certainly capable of putting up a modicum of what we've seen so far. But I think there's going to be some bitter with the better over the next couple of months. Miguel Cabrera, I want to ask you about real quick, because he was basically, he and Javi Baez were the offense today. By the way, Javi Baez had one of the weirdest defensive mistakes I've ever seen him make today on a double play ball that shouldn't have ended up being a double play, but it should have ended up being an out somewhere. But Miguel Cabrera, three for three with a walk. He's now hitting 301 on the year, 345 on base percentage. The slugging percentage is still 400. If you're a person who is like in a rotating utility spot, Ryan, and you need some help in the average, and Miguel Cabrera is probably still available in your league, do you have to start considering Miguel Cabrera as somebody who could help you in that average category? Uh, sure. Um, but enthusiastic. <laughs> that's a, I have a lot of force behind that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would also point out that, um, there's a reason why he's probably still available in your league. Sure. Um, slugging percentage, as you mentioned, is still below 400. All three of us hits today, I believe, were singles. Uh, he did score from first base on a uh, kills. the aforementioned Javi Baez's double, I believe. And uh, immediately needed an oxygen tank in the. In the <laughs> up. But, no, I, I think he could continue to still hit for his back control is obviously still really good. But right, you know, overall he's probably not gonna provide mixed league value the rest of the way. But you know, as you mentioned, maybe you're hard pressed for injuries and averages can be your weaker category. Sure, throw him in the utility spot. Throw him in the corner infield spot. Probably not going to kill you in that regard. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little more open to this than I thought I would be. Completely, to be completely honest with you, I did not think I would be talking about other than the fact that three thousandth hit. You knew we were going to talk about that because it's such a a rare accomplishment and something I don't think we're going to see for quite some time. To right. be completely honest with you, especially now that Robinson Cano looks to be done, we're looking to be waiting a long time for someone to reach that category. But I think there's more fantasy value here than I was expecting. Um, you know, the metrics are not great, but average exit velocity is in the 66th percentile. Expected batting average is above average. Max exit velocity is 77th percentile. We should just stop using that stat for any fantasy stuff. It just tells you that if he gets into one, he can get into one. And somebody who's six foot four, 270 pounds should be able to get into a few. But I think it's a, at least a little bit interesting. Let's talk about the guy who was supposed to be replacing Miguel Cabrera for just a second, Spencer Torkelson. And this has not gone particularly well. It has not gone well for a lot of prospects over the last couple of years. But after going 0 for 5 today with two strikeouts, Spencer Torkelson is now hitting 191 with an OPS of exactly 600. Are you still hanging on to Spencer Torkelson in redraft leagues? Um, no. I, I mean, I think in a 15-plus teamer, you kind of have to. I'm not concerned at all about his his long term outlook. I think he's going to be ultimately just fine. Um, he has been a little better of late, and some of the some of the stat cast numbers aren't bad. You never know uh, a, a guy that's getting his first taste of the big leagues how long it's going to take him. I think he's ultimately going to be fine. But you know, first base if if he's eligible at third base as well. Some in some leagues. You can find replacements at first base 
in the you know your 12 teamer i don't think you need to hang on to them at this point 15 plus teamers i would be inclined to put them on the bench if you if you can but but to hang on to him uh like i said long-term outlook i think he's ultimately going to be fine but i'm not going to be losing any sleep if i have to drop him in, in a redraft yeah, in a standard five-by-five five five league, I think you can probably let him go. Kind of depends on what's available on the waiver wire. But I would be hanging on to him in on-base percentage leagues just because I have been really impressed with his approach at the plate. Um, just looking here on Savant right now, he's in the 83rd percentile in chase rate, 82nd percentile in walk percentage. You know, that, those are solid numbers for anybody, much less a 22-year-old. So that's some encouraging stuff there. But at some point, he needs to start driving the baseball, and his hard hit percentage is well below average. His expected slugging percentage for a guy that a lot of people we were talking about on the 2080 scouting scale, talking about 70 power from a right-handed batter, 17th percentile. That's yeah. not going to do it, and we're, especially for a guy who, you know, actually is at the 67th percent sprint speed, which really surprised me, but zero stolen bases and not a guy – who I'm guessing is going to steal more than a handful at any point in his career. Right. I think the long-term value is pretty obvious, but man, with you're hitting 192 as a first baseman and not getting a ton of chances to drive in runs, really hard to justify that type of profile. Yeah, that Tigers lineup, I, I really expect it to be better. Um, mm -hmm. I think it will be. Uh, Javier Baez, Juarez, maddening as he can be from time to time. He's not going to mm -hmm. be this bad. He did have a couple hits today and they're going to get Riley green added to the mix. Uh, I, I was a believer in a kill Badu. Obviously that did not turn so out far. So well. Right. Um, I do think he's still going to be pretty good over the long haul, but mm -hmm. that lineup I'm sure will, will improve. But like you mentioned, uh, it's not a great park to hit in. You know, uh, I, I think Spencer Torkelson ultimately is going to be he's going to be okay. But you know, I would uh, a twelve teamer. I'm probably going to let someone else roster him and redraft. Would definitely agree. Let's talk about some waiver wire uh, potential guys, and I want to start with a guy that I have been for those of you who have followed me for a while. Number one, I'm sorry. Number two, I'm trying to get better. And number three, you know that I have been a big fan of Brendan Rodgers since he was at Lake Mary High School in Florida. So Brendan Rodgers got off to an atrocious start. He had an OPS, which is just an OK batting average of 270 in the month of April, but really picked things up in May and just had himself a three-homer baseball game. This is a 25-year-old, former third overall pick who is starting to play much better offensively. You look at the 707 OPS, which does not indicative of at all of how Brandon Rogers has been playing. Ryan is Brendan Rogers, a must roster infielder right now in redraft leagues. I wouldn't go as far as must roster. Um, there you. He's <laughs> by the way, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that he's still only 25. It seems like, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Same draft as, as same draft as uh, same draft as guys like uh, Kyle Tucker and stuff like that, and still only oh, yeah. twenty five years old. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, the OPS on the road so far this season for Brendan Rodgers is like four ninety, mm. which is kind of weird because last year he actually hit better on the road, which uh, just weird. That, that that part is the the flukier, the outlier. Um, 
but like this upcoming week, the Rock, the Rockies are going to be on the road. You know, I'm not crazy about putting him in my lineup for when they're on the road all week. Um, sure, I'm happy with certainly happy to have him on uh, in my lineups when they're at home, like they were this past week. You get a three homer game out of it. Um, he's inched his way up in the lineup. I believe he's been batting cleanup of late. He was a guy I'm, I was pretty high on coming into the year. I thought he was kind of sneaky good last year, and I thought the fact that he put up most of his numbers on the road kind of boded well for him breaking out at home at some point and getting those overall numbers up to uh, uh, to, to being pretty stellar. Uh, but StatCast numbers for him are actually really bad so far this season. Sure. A lot of blue on that StatCast page. So must roster, I don't think he's necessarily there. I would be obviously happy playing him at home, but you know he's not a guy that you want to have in your lineup necessarily when when they're on the road. Yeah, I go kind of back and forth on this. One thing that actually really concerns me here is against left-handed pitching, this guy is hitting 325, 400, 575. Against righties, those numbers drop to 234, 277, 344. Yeah. And it is certainly possible that we are looking at a guy who dominates split-wise. Um, part of it due to the fact that he does not have a great approach at the plate and probably sees the baseball much, much better against left-handers than he does right-handers. That being said, if he's still available in my league and if you have like doldrums, like the low of lows on your bench and you're just kind of waiting things out, I'm picking up Brendan Rodgers because number one, the worst thing is, is that you have to put him back on your waiver wire. And number two, like it is possible that we're starting to see a breakout. It is absolutely, um, you know, a horrible April, but we have seen lots of guys go through bad Aprils and end up putting together monster numbers. So I think it's somewhere if you could be in between of must roster and must, then I would be leaning towards the middle, I guess. But I do think that there is an awful lot to like about Brendan Rodgers. No doubt keeper, by the way, in dynasty leagues for you, correct? And second base hasn't been a great position That's a good point. This, this year. So, And, I mean, ideally, I guess uh, I'll finish with this on Rodgers. Uh, ideally, you would have depth at second base, which a lot of sure. people can't say. And you yeah. can spot him in your lineup for, you know, when they have at least three or four games minimum at home and put them on the bench four games when they're on the road. Obviously, I not everybody can have that sort of luxury, but that would be the ideal situation. Question here from Joe Mike. Is Harrison Bader going to be a valuable outfielder rest of season or look to trade him while he has been hot? Uh, Ryan, you get to watch this guy quite a bit. What would you say, yeah. sir? I think the the running that he's done, it's probably for real. I've always kind of wondered why he hasn't stolen more bases in the past than he because he's obviously really, really fast. Uh I think from that perspective, he's going to continue to be valuable. Um, kind of inching his way up on the Cardinals lineup a little bit on some days. I don't think he's going to be a great hitter, um, especially against righties, but he's going to run into his fair share of home runs. And I do think the speed is is legitimate. So, I mean, if you get 20-plus stolen bases the rest of the way, which I think is possible – Mm-hmm. Um, and he could still provide double digits and home runs, even if the average is lagging, even if the the counting stats on the whole aren't great. I do think he could still uh, retain mixed league value rest of season. He's a tough one for me. If you are somebody who is looking for that help in stolen bases, I think you've got to 
keep him in the lineup. But he's he's one of those guys who's really interesting to me because you look his average exit velocity is in the one percentile, and his hard hit percentage is in the eighth percentile, and yet his expected batting average, which is a bit of a broken stat right now, in part because the baseball is made out of actual cannons like I, it is an actual cannonball that is being thrown out or at least it was to begin the season it seems to change as we go um maybe we like to change our narrative based on what's going on is, is that possible yeah. are we maybe a fickle society but <laughs> because it's expected batting average is partially is so high it's because he he doesn't strike out a ton like his whip percentage is well above average he swings and pitches outside the zone way too much i sure would wish like to see him show more of an approach at the plate but I think if you can sustain like a 250 average in your lineup and you can deal with the fact that he's probably going to be a 30 stolen base guy, then yeah, I'm probably rostering him. Having said that, if you are a person in your league who is doing really well in stolen bases and somebody is desperate, I think that's a guy you got to consider Trade training, him. don't you, Ryan? Yep. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, it's just if, if there were going to be more homers and he, you know, he's at five, which is not like abhorrent or anything like that. Or if I yeah. thought that he was going to be like a 280, 290 hitter, then we're not having this discussion. But there's just no guarantee in him helping in any category but stolen bases. Yep, 100%. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. The stolen bases, I think we both agree, are legitimate. But if you're well set up in that regard, I think he's the perfect, perfect guy to flip for another need. Some guy named Colin Henderson is asking if my New York Rangers are going to beat the Bolts. I think they are. I've been watching. I mean, look, the Kraken have got me into hockey. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you take this one because hockey okay. is not, you're not, not, a, not my wheelhouse. You're not a big blues guy? No. Oh, That's going to really just point, Drew. I get into it sometimes in the, in the playoffs. but Sure. Uh, That's fine. On the whole, not really. Yeah. No, that's okay. You know, we don't have the rights to the games anymore, so it's totally fine for you not to be able to into, into exactly. anymore. Uh, Brenda asks a fun one here. Speaking of Detroit, Austin Meadows, a pickup, or super utility guy Brendan Donovan? And I'm glad Brenda brings up Brendan Donovan because I just so happened to be covering the game last night in that second doubleheader game. Two doubles, stolen base, three for five. I've been super impressed with Brendan Donovan. I have some question marks about how much playing time he's going to get down the stretch. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Brendan Donovan rest of season? Yeah, I, once, especially once Gorman came up, you were kind of wondering about that. But then O'Neill got hurt, Carlson got hurt. And the fact that they've been playing him regularly in the outfield, which, I mean, he's had some experience in the outfield, but he's sure. really not an outfielder. Right. And if you watch him play the outfield, that's pretty apparent. <laughs> but, I mean, understandably so. I think Ali Marmol just loves the bats he's taking. I've, at last check, I believe he had, like, right, pretty much right even with uh, walks and strikeouts. Yep. Makes a lot of contact. I don't know if the counting stats are going to be – he doesn't hit for a ton of power. Doesn't He's not going to steal a ton of bases. Um, so, in a roto, uh, in a roto league, he's not going to be uh, – a big standout in any one area, but you know, he's, I think could hit for average and he's going to have a ton of positional flexibility. So that's, that's valuable. I would probably lean Meadows, even though I think he's fairly overrated, but I think Meadows is certainly going to have the edge in the power department. And obviously the playing time is going to be more assured with him. How about 
Donovan or Brendan Rodgers, who we just talked about? That's interesting. Um, I would probably lean Rodgers. Uh, Why do you hate Brendan Donovan? What's that? Why do you hate Brendan Donovan? (laughs) I'm 0 for 2 on Brendan Donovan. (laughs) Brendan Donovan, I believe, this is a completely off-the-wall reference, but I believe that was a character in the Ray Donovan series. Oh, interesting. Um, that that makes sense. It certainly got half of it. Name's, his name Bunch. His name his name was Bunchy in the in the in the show. I've always but heard I, that show was pretty good. But like, I digress. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. It had peaks and valleys. It had peaks and valleys. I, you know what? You can I say that because it wasn't on NBC. So you yes, absolutely have the right exactly. to say my name is Earl. Perfect. Brent, uh, Ray Donovan, kind of kind of up and down. Um, let's talk about some recent call-ups, and in particular. A guy that was pitching against Brendan Donovan, Caleb Killian, five innings, uh, did allow three runs, struck out six. I thought he was much better than that line suggests, was very good in AAA Iowa before the call-up. We're not 100% sure what his role is going to be going forward, but after watching him pitch, and based on some of what he's done in Iowa as well, is he somebody who's now more on your radar, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. I was really impressed as well. He kind of ran out of gas, it seemed, there at the end. But he's a sinker-heavy guy, and that sinker's got a ton of run on it. He sure. can top out at, like, 97. And, I mean, he was making the Cardinals look pretty silly there early on in the game before he, like I mentioned, kind of folded a little bit late. His numbers in the minors, he, he wasn't really regarded as, like, a super high-end prospect. Uh, no. He came over in the, from the, in the Chris Bryant trade, I believe, uh, with, from the Giants. Mm-hmm. But his numbers in the minors have been pretty great. And like you mentioned, really good at, at the AAA level this year. We're unsure about the role, but, you know, the Cubs are – I would think if he shows any semblance of upside, which, yeah. he, as you mentioned, even though the line doesn't necessarily dictate it, I thought he looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah. Um, he should be able to pitch his way into staying in the rotation, I think. It, probably more – a stream streaming option at this point, but he's certainly on my radar. Yeah. Same for me. And I will point this out too. Like he was not considered a top prospect at the time he came over in that deal. Certainly a guy they liked, otherwise they wouldn't have acquired him, but really impressed over the fall. And then over spring training, there was a lot of helium for this guy. And he was a guy that a lot of people said, you need to consider this guy for your top 100 prospects at the back end. I didn't listen to him because I'm an idiot, but he's certainly a guy that if he gets sent back down, he's probably going in my top 100 based on what we saw. Like you look at the numbers here and it's a super small sample of 83 pitches, but his expected batting average for that game was 146 with a 174 slugging mark. It really was only one bad inning. I think one thing you have to keep in mind here is I think the Cubs are really bad. And I don't think that there's going to be a ton of win chances for him. So that's something to keep in mind. But I think the other rates and streaming against a lot of – Ryan, you're as familiar with this as anybody. That NL Central presents a ton of streaming opportunities. So that's something to keep in mind. I'm not sure if he's a set-in-and-forget-it type of guy, and we need to see on the roll. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So – no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Another prospect I wanted to ask you about. So this guy came up in part because of another prospect getting hurt. But Ezekiel Duran is back up for the Rangers. And by backup, I mean he's making his major league debut. Interestingly, a guy who was acquired in the Joey Gallo trade who we just saw hit a absolute tank of a home run today. Ezekiel Duran, is he a guy that you're considering? Let me let me do it an aside real quick on Gallo. Uh, <laughs> did you, like me, have to do a double take when you saw that Joey Gallo was batting behind Isaiah Kiner-Falefa I, and Jose Trevino? I yeah, sure I did. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly did. The numbers dictate that it makes sense, but it's just it doesn't really look right. bizarre to look at. For sure. Anyway, continue. Ezekiel Duran, you were saying. Yes. Yeah, Ezekiel Duran, a guy who was in my top 100 before being called up. Is he somebody, Ryan, that you think you have to consider about, consider in redraft leagues? Seven home runs, seven stolen bases. He skipped over AAA coming to the majors. Um, He's a guy that, you know, the scattering reports say he's elite from an exit velocity perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. He can run. Uh, potential 2020 guy at some point, if all things click for him, looks like he's going to get some run there. Josh Smith has hurt, got off to a nice start, but he's hurt now. Right. Um, the, the Rangers don't really have another viable option at third base. Josh Young is uh, done for the season. Yeah. Um, they sent uh, Andy Ibanez down. So I, I, the Rangers have been playing better of late. Um, sure. I think they're going to try at least – somewhat to win. So, yeah, I mean, potential 2020 guy, you never know how a guy's going to turn out in his first, uh, first go around in the majors, especially when he's skipping over the triple a level, but there's definitely some upside, uh, especially in Roto leagues where you can provide uh, power and speed as well. Yep. I, I think I am absolutely considering it depending on what you need. I have some question marks about how long this day is going to be. A lot of times guys who jump up from double a, you know, it's kind of a trial period. See how it goes, and we can send him to AAA if it doesn't go well. So I think that there is a relatively thin leash. Having said that, Josh Smith, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Andy Abanez got off to a really nice start. Terrific defensive player, but just not a guy that I think you can trust with the bat. By the way, Willie Calhoun designated for assignment. I'll be yeah. really curious to see what the market is there. Has shown flashes of brilliance, but they have just been that. It has been that flash and then an awful lot of darkness but yeah duran absolutely somebody that i am considering uh ryan willie calhoun for uh for miguel andahar what's let's who's who says no <laughs> that's a really interesting one especially you are uh yeah trade apparently yeah yeah that's uh yeah those are two uh change of scenery guys if if i've ever, if I've ever well, seen it 
now that Miguel Andahar has demanded a trade, we know the first piece that's going to be mentioned by Yankees fans for Juan Soto. Um, favorite <laughs> two-star pitchers is a question from Daniel here. Ryan, two-star pitching options. Who you got? All right, so I'm going to give you a trivia question. Okay. I'm, I'm confident that – I'm pretty confident you're not going to be able to get this because it's rather obscure. Great. <laughs> I'm setting you up for failure already. Thank you. Uh, so – among pitchers with at least 30 innings, so we're short of qualifiers, but 30 innings, swinging strike leaders right now. Uh, the top five, no surprises, Kevin Gossman, Shane McClanahan, Corbin Burns, Robbie, Robbie Ray, you could say is a little bit of a surprise since he hasn't been great, but he's still right. getting some misses. Garrett Cole, number five. Number six, who do you think number six is? Um, Daniel Ponce de Leon. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fountain of Youth. Yeah, it's Jeffrey Springs. Wow, in baseball, that does surprise me. Sandwich in between Garrett Cole and Dylan Cease. Interesting. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Springs, who uh, you know the Rays obviously saw that he was a bad reliever, so we said we're going to make him into a good starter. I mean, that's the natural inclination. You're going to turn a bad reliever into a good starter, but no, he's. I believe for the what the Rangers and Red Sox, I believe he pitched for and was really bad in relief for both of them. Right. was good in, in relief for the Rays last year. They decided to move him into the rotation, I, I think not even a month ago on a wow. fairly permanent basis. Mm-hmm. And he's been just awesome. Yeah. Uh, sub two ERA He's not walking anyone. He strike out more than a batter per inning. And it's, as I mentioned, the, I mean, the swinging strike rate, that's a good indicator of how, how the stuff is playing. He doesn't throw hard, but he's made made his change up, his uh his primary pitch, and it's really, really good. Let me double check on the numbers here because I want to get the whiff rate right on his change up. <laughs> go back to it. Uh Jeffrey Springs change up. Yeah, 41.1% <sighs> whiff rate. Jeez um, Louise. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Expected slugging 258. Expected batting average 181 with the pitch. So I, I, I lied a little bit saying he made it his primary pitch. His four seam is still using a little bit more, but the changeup last year he was using as a reliever at 28%. Now that's up to nearly 40%. So it's a big jump. Yeah. I mean, and so get back to the question. He's a two star guy this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got the Cardinals, who the Cardinals are actually really good against lefties, but because of that changeup, Springs has some re- reverse splits. Right. So I don't think that's necessarily a concern for him. He's going up against the Cardinals and the Twins. Mm. De- couple decent matchups. Um, the way he's – he got up to six innings a couple starts ago. He's thrown at least 80 pitches in three straight starts. I think he's definitely a streamer. He's still available in almost 50% of Yahoo leagues, so he could still be out there. Another guy who's actually available – in about 75% of Yahoo leagues, which mildly surprising because he's got, because of the name value, I guess. But John Gray is coming off a 12 strikeout performance. Hasn't been great for the Rangers overall, but coming off that great start, he also gets the uh, the Guardians and um, the White Sox, a team that's missing some guys that right now and hasn't been as good offensively as we thought. And digging a little deeper for another two-star guy, Graham Ashcraft. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. 
apparently can throw 100 mile an hour cutters. He's he's pulling <laughs> that manual class A trick. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I'm not sure of how the how they're classifying those because like his cutter and his sinker are like the exact same velocity. Um, obviously, they're supposed to go in different directions. So yes, they can. Hopefully they get they're diagnosing those correctly um, from a from Stackass perspective. But the weird thing is, is he's not really getting strikeouts for a guy who throws those pitches. Right. Um, but the results, the bottom line results, you can't argue with that. I mean, he's no. He gave up two runs, I believe, in his first start against the Blue Jays. But the last two times, he's been just awesome. Yeah, uh, two runs over like four and two thirds or something in his first start, but. He's pitched fairly deep the last two times out. Throws really hard. I think I think I know a lot of prospect um, gurus such as yourself ultimately think he's probably going to be a reliever, but he looks really good right now. Obviously, he's not had, doesn't have a great um, team backing him, but right. he gets the he gets the Diamondbacks at home for one start this week, and then goes to St. Louis against the Cardinals, who. I mentioned before they're good against lefties, not nearly as good against righties. I think that's a gettable matchup, and he's available in a lot of leagues still. Graham Ashcraft. Yeah, he's. I mean, look, he followed up a 1.65 ERA in AAA Louisville with a 1.53 ERA over his first three starts. Again, only the nine strikeouts is a little concerning, but I like him quite a bit. Only allowed the one homer so far and has – you know, enough movement on the pitches that, you know, that's going to go up, especially playing in great American ballpark. But I'm glad you brought him up because I am actually literally going to record a video for Yahoo on Graham Ashcraft when we are done with this. I like him a lot for the rest of the year. He, he's definitely somebody who I think is extremely underrated. And I, right I mentioned before that, you know, like a lot of people think you might ultimately be a reliever and they kind of have an opening, a closer. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Obviously, he's going to get a, tr- a chance to start now, but down sure. the line, it, I mean, it's probably a non-zero chance he could find his way into high leverage spots as yeah. a leader too. So that's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Uh, to close things out, let's just answer a few questions here. This one's going to be a little bit tougher. Let's start with the easy one first. What's the worry meter on Charlie Morton? He's getting hit hard again today. I'm ready to drop him in my redraft league. My Wario meter is pretty high. This is not that small of a sample anymore. Now, we have seen Charlie Morton recover from bad starts before, but Charlie Morton is not exactly a spring chicken anymore, and this is not, again, a small sample size. What's your Wario meter here? It sounds like the leagues we are in together, we need to do a trade, and you need to trade me Charlie Morton. <laughs> I have less concern. Um, gotcha. We it, it is dragged on longer than I thought it was going to, I'll be honest. Um but you know, today is start the course field. That's uh, I just completely, point. I just completely wiped that out. Okay. And the the velocity's been fine. Um, the Statcast numbers pretty much been okay. Uh, and as you mentioned, like I think it was probably right around this time last year, maybe maybe a little bit earlier in the season when he just kind of took off. He got to a, to a really bad start last yeah. year. Um, and obviously it was awesome the rest of the way being that he is what 38, something like that. Right. He's threatened to retire, I believe, uh, 18 times. <laughs> um, I think he's probably going to be okay. Uh, right. he's a, he's a guy that I would certainly be willing to buy low on. It sounds like you have a little more concern though than I do. 
Yeah, just because this is such a, you know, it's a great point about Coors Field. My concern here is looking at the stats is that he's walked three guys and the command just mm-hmm. hasn't been very good so far. Um, you know, if you take away, he had two starts where he allowed uh, one run over 11 innings. If you take away those starts and you can't do that, you know, I'm not saying you can like that. Those count into his stats. He's given up three or four runs in pretty much every start and has not gone deep. I think it's a risky one. I, I If somebody dropped him in your league, you know, I probably am looking to pick him up just because starting pitching is really difficult. But I don't think you can count on Charlie Morton for the rest of the season. So it's a risky one. And whoever wins, uh, you know, will have to buy each other a beer oh, or something like uh, that. I'll, I'll be right back. I'm sending you a trade offer for Charlie Morton <laughs> right now. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> here's the tough one. Two catcher league, feeling the pain. Who's the next name to watch due to a trade, call-up, et cetera? My first suggestion, and I made this suggestion a couple weeks ago. It's it's a little controversial, but uh, don't play in two-catcher leagues. They are (laughs) stupid. Two-catcher leagues are stupid. Please stop playing in two-catcher leagues. They are stupid. Um, I would be keeping an eye on Shea Langoliers, a guy that I think has a chance to – was absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball in AAA for a little while. Slowed down a little bit, but I do think he's going to get that chance to either get called up either because of a Sean Murphy trade or because I think that they want to have Shea Langoliers. He is a superb defensive player who has some offensive ability as well. If William Contreras is still available, I know the playing time is inconsistent. I'm still considering him as somebody. And then Gabriel Moreno, I'm keeping it high on still. It's hurt by the fact that Alejandro Kirk has just been phenomenal, so there's been no reason for him to call up. You have any suggestions for a two catcher league other than don't play in two catcher leagues? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't. What did you say? <laughs> don't uh, play. No, I mean, I think you. Uh, I think the names you brought up are probably the best options to to keep an eye on. But it's. Uh, I mean, we're we're already after worrying enough about the guys who are already in the majors to Goodness to produce enough for us. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't. I guess uh, Sean Murphy trade Langoliers would. Could get an opportunity. I kind of thought they would trade Murphy by now. Yeah. Um, but he's still got multiple years of team control, so they don't necessarily have to. Yeah. Um, Moreno has got the – other than Francisco Alvarez, who we're not going to see this year, maybe the highest upside as far as the bat goes among right. catching prospects. Mm-hmm. But – as you've mentioned, Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk are both swinging the bat really well right now. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if there's a spot. I wonder if there's potential for him to be to be moved at the trade deadline for a huge arm or something. Oh, yeah. Boy, you could get yeah, so much in that trade. Like Because that's a legitimate – he's a top 15 fantasy catcher. That's a legitimate top eight real-life prospect. So sure. if they were willing to move on from that guy – Ooh, you could get an awful, awful lot. Um, the Blue Jays—they showed last year with the—they're aggressive with the, Bur- with the Barrios trade. They—they're—they're yeah. not, they're not afraid to uh, to deal a top prospect. So you know nope. they're obviously trying to trying to go for it this year. So absolutely. Um, and then let's just end on a couple of uh, just real quick ones. Carlos Rodon, Kazer down, high whip. Not worried about Carlos Rodon at all. The only concern I have about Carlos Rodon is just the fact that you have to be cognizant of injuries with him. Yep. Quickly say yes. That's absolutely correct, Ryan. Yep. You're uh, you're hit the nail on the head. Thank you, he's, sir. He's going to be fine as long as he's healthy. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then this one right here, I think this is an interesting one to end on. I have a trade question for you both. Should I trade Walker Bueller and Cedric Mullins for Jose Ramirez? My trade partner actually wants more SMH, which I just learned a few months ago stands for shake my head. I have no idea what I thought it stood for, but okay. Um, who would you do? Who spends as much time on the internet as you? I mean, I thought it was, la- I, th- I thought LRT stood for last replied topic. So, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this stuff. I, oh, wow. I fake okay. it really well. But Bueller and Mullins for Jose Ramirez. Ah, boy, that's an interesting one. Um, I think I would lean towards the Ramirez side, honestly. I'm a little worried about Walker, Walker Bueller. Um, the strikeouts just haven't been there at all. Nope. He's, he's throwing a lot of – been throwing a lot of cutters, and that's – I mean, overall, gotten decent like weak contact, but it's just not missing bats for him. Um, sure. Cedric Mullins, from a counting stats perspective, has been okay, but overall, not duplicating close to what he did last year. Um, I think it does depend on what your roster situation is. Are you sure. set up well in pitching? Um, can you afford to maybe? technically give up more value overall to get the best player in the deal. If the answer to that is yes, then I think you should do it. Yeah. That's a a close one. That's a really, that's really tough. It's a really interesting one. I think Bueller's going to be better just because he can't get worse. Number one. And number two, Mm -hmm. there is a track record of him just being so good. I can't imagine that Walker Bueller, assuming he's healthy and we haven't heard anything about him not being healthy. I like Cedric Mullins. The whole thing for me here is I think Jose Ramirez right now is the best fantasy player in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I just can't give him in a dynasty league. If like you're talking about that, like keeper type of thing, I think that's a little more interesting because I have some question marks about Jose Ramirez long term, even though I still think that contract was one of the Cleveland. You can't keep getting away with this um, type of things, but I have some question marks about how he ages as a fantasy prospect to be completely mm-hmm. – or a fantasy prospect. As a fantasy player, how well that's going to go. So I'd be considering that in a redraft league, Jose Ramirez is the guy that I'm trying to trade for because I think he's the type of guy who can basically literally win you a league. If you're if you're drafting again for rest of season and you have the first pick, are you taking Jose I'm Ramirez? I'm taking Jose Ramirez. In fact, Colin and I did that uh, just not too long ago. I took Jose Ramirez yeah. with that first pick. i got to be honest, um, the way Aaron Judge has been swinging the baseball bat, that's going to make me question some stuff too. And, of course, yeah. Juan Soto after – are we going to do this every year with Juan Soto where we're going <laughs> to say, what's wrong with what? Oh. Oh, oh, never mind. This is Juan Soto. Uh, a, a 700 OBP is coming. Rest of the way. <laughs> you know it is. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate all the questions again, guys. We had a lot of fun. We'll be doing this again next week. We're going to revolve, re- just kind of revolve around, except for the fact that I guess we don't revolve me. Am I that important that I have to be a part of every single one of these things? Or am I the one person who doesn't have anything to do on a Sunday? I'll let you figure that out. Uh, Stay tuned tomorrow on Circling the Bases for Janice and Drew's power rankings. Very curious to see who's in that number one spot now. Got to think it's the Yankees, but uh, I don't know. I can't get in their minds. I've tried really hard. I can't get in their minds. You you don't want to get in Drew's mind. Don't get in that 
that could be really it's dangerous nice. in there. That, that, I imagine it's half Prevel and half um, Miller High Life. Um, thank you guys again <laughs> so much for joining us. Uh, we will again do this again next week. Please rate the star, rate the show five stars. Please subscribe. Please do all of that stuff that you know you're supposed to do. Until next time, we will see you soon and have a great week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.